Audio Frontier. Larson. Oh, he's in. Hendrik Larson. That is sensational. Lambert. What a way to settle it. Nakamura. It's Tom Rogge. This is Celtic Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Welcome to Celtic Daft, your Celtic specific podcast from Football Daft. I am producer Ryan. Thank you very much for checking out Celtic Daft this week. Now, if you listen to the main Football Daft podcast, you'll have heard this week that Chris sadly lost his dad, Jim Toll. Um, understandably, Chris has taken a few weeks away from both podcasts. Uh, thoughts of everyone at Football Daft are with Chris and his family, and hopefully we'll see him back here on both Football and Celtic Daft next week. But like I say, this is Celtic Daft, where we take a look at the hoops in a little bit more detail each week. And in Chris's absence, I'm joined by two pundits this week. First up, it's David Campbell. David, how you doing? I know bad, Ryan. No bad. Uh, happy to be called in last minute. I'm starting to be a jinx whenever I show up at Parkhead, but so I'm thinking that this might be the last week I'll be there in person for a while just to see if that, that's true. Well, do you know what, mate? It takes a big man to admit that he's the fault. So well done. <laughs> well done to you for admitting that. Uh, right, David, this is your first time on Celtic Daft. So we do we do a couple of wee things here for anybody who comes on for the first time. Um, two questions. One, who's your favourite all-time Celtic player? That's tough because like, I grew up under the sort of Martin and Yulira when I was younger, so it's probably easy uh, to say Henrik Larsson, but I think instead I'm going to say Big Bobo because that was the player I tried to emulate the most when I, back when I played, you know. So you at fives taking folk at the game, Big Bobo leaders? <laughs> Mate, if you're no good, cheat. That's what I say. Great, <laughs> right. Uh, right. Second question then, favourite Celtic moment? Have you got a memory that sticks with you? Supporting Celtic? Uh, it's probably Barca, Tony Watt. Um, just in high school when that happened back in the day. Uh, aye, great time. What a, what a game that was. That's one of the ones that always comes up, that Tony Watt goal. Um, I seen him the other night, um, or the other day, even before Rangers played Motherwell at the weekend. He was getting interviewed. And I just thought, what a fall from grace that guy said. You know, well, it, you, it's well, quite... you don't really you don't really need to do much, Ryan, after that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> true, true, very, very true. Um, right, secondly, then also making his Celtic Daft debut, it's Matthew King. How you doing, Matthew? I'm good, what about you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Is it Matthew, Matty, Matt? What do you prefer? Matthew, Matty, whatever. whatever. You don't you don't you don't care <laughs> as long as it's not a, a swear word, then you're fine. Uh, right, Matthew, same questions to you then, mate. Favourite Celtic player of all time? Well, in my lifetime, probably because I'm only 19, so probably first player that I really remember that uh, watching was Nakamura. It's probably my lifetime, but overall, probably Henrik Larson, you've got to say him. Good stuff, good stuff. And what's your favourite Celtic moment then, mate? Probably a few. I'll probably go... Um, the same, probably Barcelona. I was a bit younger then, obviously, but maybe more recent, the League Cup final against Rangers when Julian scored. Mate, how could you pick that as your favourite moment? I hated every minute of that game. <laughs> no, but that, that's the thing, though. It was such a bad game, and then it was just that one moment. Was... 
it was a it was a wonderful moment. I remember I was in line with Julian just as a as a kind of expert, and I'm not going to lie to you boys. I I think I lost years of my life at that game. I you know it was just the most horrific thing to sit through. But when that final whistle went, what a feeling! What a feeling, yeah. elation that was. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Another one would probably be the treble, treble, uh, but you know that was followed by some bad news in the aftermath. You know, which we don't like to discuss. We don't talk about the negatives too much, and that was uh that turned out to be a negative moment. So, well played, Celtic. Thank you very much for ruining a, a beautiful day. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> Right, so boys, we've got two games to discuss then. Firstly, we'll, we'll look at the weekend. Uh, we were at home to Livingston, chance to go top of the league. Uh, we had Rangers playing on Sunday, like I said, against Motherwell. Um, lined up, we beat on replacing the injured Tom Rogic. We'll discuss that a little bit later on. Uh, Kyogo on the bench as well. Jack and Marcus up top with Abada and Jota either side of him. Um, usual back four that we've, we've been going with recently of uh, Ralston, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, and Juranovic at left back as well. Um, Matthew, going out of the game, were you were you quite confident going out of this one off the back of two good wins against both St. Johnson and Hibs? Yeah, definitely. There was no reason not to feel confident. It was just, I knew there was kind of, he dropped, Foster Coglu dropped Kyogos, probably just a bit of just resting him for that game. Uh, so, because we both thought we were going to win that, it was just frustrating in the end that we never got the result. David, he mentions Kyogo there getting getting rested. Um, one of the kind of big worries that I always have just now is watching our game with Kyogo on the team and then watching us without him. We seem to lack a wee bit of creativity up front and then kind of runs in behind. Um, when you've seen Giacomacus up front, he's come on as a sub a couple of times. He's looked all right. How are you feeling with him leading the line in this game? Um, I think if this was your only time watching him, like you'd be thinking, I wouldn't be in a hurry to put him back in the team because the big man was up there to do a job. He was meant to get himself in the right places, getting the end of balls, getting in the box, and he didn't do any of that. And when you add on to that, the penalty miss and the chance he missed at the end, it's going to, always going to be a frustrating game against Livingston just with the way they line up. But if you're not going to take the chances when they come, you can't be justifying your place in the team, especially when you're that type of player. Matthew Jackamakis, what were you what were you thinking when you seen the big man in the in the starting lineup then? Were you were you confident that, you know, like you said there, we can get the job done, or did it put a bit of doubt in your mind when you seen that that lineup? Yeah, not really. No, I was, I've been quite happy uh, with from what I've seen with him before that game. I bet I was quite happy. So I didn't really have any again, I didn't have any reason to um, be kind of pessimistic about him starting. So yeah, I was really confident when I was because I was listening to the radio when I was um, driving into the game, and it was I heard the, the lineup for that, and I still thought it was well, missing Kyogo. So, but uh, I didn't think that was going to really make much of a difference, but it proved to proved to make a bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. David, the, the the midfield in this one, um, like I said, Beaton was in for for Rogic, so with the midfield three, yeah, McGregor, Beaton. In Turnbull, um, it became kind of evident in the game that Beaton was taking on that that holding position that McGregor yeah. has been kind of dictating games from. Um, for me, I'm I'm not a fan of Beaton anyway. I think we we lose quite a bit in the team when we play Beaton. Obviously, I had to go in because we you know look at the bench there. The only other option that could go in 
to that position with James McCarthy, and I never want to see him playing for Celtic ever yeah. again. Um, but how do you think that impacted us in this game? You kind of going yeah. forward. Before I argue that, I do want to defend Beaton a wee bit before I say what I'm going to say, because you're right, he's better than McCarthy, and I'd argue Sorrow have been when they've played that similar role this season up until this point. And you see the importance of having Beaton in the squad when Starfield goes down injured. He is a good utility man. He's a guy that can fill in a lot of holes in the team. But having said that, when you're dropping out Tom Roderick with injury, who gives you something direct in the midfield, gives you that inventiveness, gives you that something extra going forward. The pace is just slowed with Beaton. He's no the type of player who's going to come in and create many chances. He is defensive-minded. He does like to slow the pace of the game. And like you said, when we're going up against Livingston, a team who will park the bus, it's no what you're wanting there. It's, he's not going to really add anything going forward for you against a team like that. Matthew, do you agree with that then, that take on Beaton? Uh, is that something you are, are happy to see coming in? Or would you rather be, I mean, we don't really have any other options. It's quite a catch-22 we've got. There was, like I said, it was Jason McCarthy was uh, the second option. How are you feeling seeing Beaton in that squad? Yeah, it's just kind of, kind of mixed feelings about Beaton. He's been here, for, he's been at the club for years. But he's kind of, when he comes in, kind of, kind of a player that would... Wouldn't really have him starting. I would maybe have him come off the bench and maybe just kind of maybe just a player to fill in for if someone gets injured and uh, just to kind of does a job off the bench. I think, but it's just it doesn't really add. I don't think he really adds anything to the team. Aye, so I mean, overall, then look at the the match on a whole. Before we we discuss the penalty, right? You know, we had sixteen shots in this game, only two of which were on target. So for for our standards at home against a team like Livingston, David, that's that shows that we were lacking that kind of wee bit of creativity. Albeit, it's tough to create chances against eleven men behind the ball. You know, yeah. if, if they if they park it in their box. But do you think we we lacked a little bit in this game that that would have hopefully cut that open a bit? Yeah, Matthew said the word earlier, and it's frustrating. It was a frustrating game to watch, and like the thing with the way we were missing was Tom Rogic in the middle of the park. You know, what I mean that that would have been the key difference. And I think the problem that we had was Jota in the first half was really our best attacking threat because he was getting to the byline, he was getting balls in. We've seen a lot of goals like that come from him and Abad on the opposite side doing that this season. But as the game went on and on, people seemed less willing to go and beat the man like to try and get the balls in and then the second half like you bring on uh, Johnston and he would be beating like two men but then cutting back and passing like he didn't have the faith in himself or confidence I know he's just back for injury to try and get that final ball in so it was a frustrating watch because we seemed to have one game plan like for the first half and when that started stopped working out we didn't seem to know what to do going forward Matthew, that's what we always hear about Angeball. You know, it, it doesn't change his philosophy, he sticks to it. Um, David mentioned there about Mikey Johnson coming on. I thought he had a decent game on, on Wednesday away at Hibs. Um, he's looked quite sharp since he came back for injury. Um, what was your thoughts on on Johnson's performance at the weekend when he came on? Jenk, he was lacking out a little bit, like, like David said. I mean, yeah, I think it's just all. Well... He is just coming back from injury, so I think it's probably just going to take him a bit of a while, uh, while to get back into the team. Um, but I thought, like, touching on what David said as well with Jota, I thought the first half he was like, absolutely brilliant. Just, I love Jota, just his skills. I think he adds so much to the team, but 
going back in Johnston, I think it's just I think it's just a matter of I don't know. I've never really fully like rated Johnson. I, I do like him, but it's just I think there's something missing. I don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's something missing about him. Just... He's he's definitely he's uh, the skills in his arsenal. You know, we, we've seen what he can do. You know, when he is free flowing. You know, I go back a few few seasons that goal that he scored against. I think it was Rens he scored against Aye. when he, he he ripped apart like three guys and buried the bottom corner. It was a brilliant goal. That's what he can do, taking men on. Um, Matthew, just very quickly before we move on for that, I, I mentioned there about this. Um, what David said there about Ansball and not changing it and, you know, having a game plan to begin with. Do you think that's something that would hinder us? Or are you in the camp of going, listen, Ange knows what he's wanting to do, you know, stick with it and it'll hopefully come good? A bit of a bit of a mix. I know like, that it does look sometimes, but, like, I was thinking about this earlier, it's, like, we're going, it's starting to, like, see a pattern. We're going in spells of, like, two and three weeks of, like, good results, and then we're going in, like, another form of like two two or three weeks with like poor results so it's I think there is like a, as Chris has been saying as well in the podcast it's he's not got a, uh, doesn't look like he's got a plan B which can, is does seem quite worrying but at the same at the same time though I do trust him I still trust him that he knows what he's doing so same question same question to you and David Angebo are you are you in are you, are you still buying it I am 100% in and 100% trust Ange because it's night and day compared to the to the team and the squad we had last season. Don't forget, like this is Ange after one window, a window where things were happening a bit slowly for him, where maybe he didn't have the full faith in the board yet, the full backing in the board yet. He's proved with the, the players that he's brought in and the philosophy and style of football he plays to make an improvement at Celtic, and I think that can continue going forward. My concern was, I think we kind of saw the plan B this week, and that's sticking Jakimakis up front to try and offer you something different. So that's now my concern. I think we've seen the plan B, and what it turns out is the plan B is not that great. <laughs> the plan B is <laughs> a bit mince at times, you know what I mean? So I think I'm, I'm happy with just sticking with plan A from now on up for a wee bit. Uh, do you know what, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that. Uh, right, OK. You mentioned the big man there, Jack and Marcus. Let's go on to the, the penalty. So, ball comes in, right-hand side. Goalie takes it. Kyogo's got a bit of a scuffle at the back. He pushes Obelai. Jack and Marcus, he's like, ah, big man, come on. Away you go. Don't do it. Don't know what he's thinking, the big guy. He smacks Kyogo across the back of the head. Listen, he milks it, right? But... We can we can discuss referees at another point. I thought um, John Beaton, usually John Beaton. I thought Bobby Madden had a, a, a rotten game at the weekend. And I think the only way Kyogo was going to get something for that is if he milked that. So yeah. all for it. Listen, it's apparently regardless. Um, don't know what the big guy's doing. Red card, off he goes. Um, I'm, Matthew, I don't know where you're sitting. I know where David was sitting for this game. I'm sitting directly behind the goals that that's going to go into. And I see Jack and Marcus standing in the ball. And I just thought to myself, and I didn't say it to anybody, I just went, I've not got a good feeling about this. There's this, this isn't going in. What was your thoughts, Matthew, seeing the big man with the ball? I was the I was the exact same. I sat in the Jockstein upper just at the balcony. So I was right but right uh, right directly at it. So I, I just I did I could see that like I just didn't have a good feeling about it at all. Yeah, but I think it was like the guy that I didn't really see, but the guy sitting next to me was saying like he was 
Chakarakis was like, he like demanded that he was taking the penalty. It was like Jaranovic wanted to take it, but I don't know if I don't know if the past few weeks I've noticed like there's something I think there's something between the two of them. I don't know because there was a video. I think it was this Johnson game at home, and it was the end of the game, and uh, Juranovic and Kyogo were celebrating, and uh, Chakarakis walks up to him and he's kind of like pulls him up about something. It looks as if they're kind of arguing with me, but so I don't know what's what's going on there, but. I've kind of noticed that the past few games it's so right David David same question you there mate about Jack and Marcus taking this ball like what was your what was your thoughts obviously we can you know, what I'll say just now is that Ange has come out afterwards and said that that is that, that is who he nominated so that's an Ange decision to put him number one in defence of the big man he he was top goal scorer in the Eredivisie last season despite his team to get relegated didn't they the team that he was with yeah um, or they were fairly yeah. old doing anyway um, he was top goal scorer quite a lot of them were penalties so 100% was, penalty rate I think he had aye so he was quite prolific so I don't think it was a bad choice to to put him in my thing David was if you've got a guy like Juranovic on the pitch who's just scored his last two, go with a guy who's in form. Go with a guy who's scoring the penalties. You know, why yeah. would you... It's okay if you want maybe want to give Jack and Marcus his confidence of scoring a couple of goals, but do that when you're winning 3-0. Don't do it in nothing each in the 92nd minute. Yeah, exactly. 100% better the devil you know. Stick with what you know works. Uh, the penalty that Juranovic hit the other week there was an absolute, it was a, it was a blinder, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the difference between that one is like, even if the keeper guesses, guesses the right way with a penalty like the one he hit, odds are they will still have trouble saving it. It's the complete opposite with the Jack and Marcus penalty, you know what I mean? He barely taps it into the corner. Um, it's a horrendous, uh, horrendous hit. But the, the problem with it for me is, Ryan, it comes down to striker's ego. I think a lot of the time with penalties, strikers are like, oh, I'm taking this because they can add to, add to my goal tally. I'm higher tier to be the goal scorer. When really, that shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be what's the forefront of your mind. It's what's better for the team. And mm-hmm. the guy who's been scoring penalties week in, week out for us, who is informed with it, that's who should be taking the penalty. But hindsight is 2020. You, you've talked about your stats for last season and stuff like that with Jack and Marcus. It's just unfortunate um, that happened when we're 0-0 against a Livingston team that was hard to break down. Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a very poor penalty. There's absolutely no conviction behind it whatsoever. Um, my heart sank when I seen it because, like I said, at the, the top of this section of the show, there's a chance to go top of the league. There's a chance to yeah. kind of put that marker down and make Rangers think about it when they go to Motherwell. I mean, albeit Rangers won 6-1 one on Sunday, so it probably made no difference to them anyway. The Motherwell were just kidding. Um, But it, it still would have kept us, kept us there. And now we're, we're sitting, what, four points behind at this point. You just don't want that kind of gap creeping in again. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Callum McGregor's comments after the game. And I think this is more of a a wider comment about about teams like Livingston. You know, he came out, done his interview, asked about the game, and the first thing he said was, you know, there was only one football team wanting to win that game of football today. You know, the, the Livingston's tactics, albeit it worked, they got a point out of it, fair enough, but there was yeah. only one team wanting to win. From, or Matthew, what's your, what's your thoughts on Livingston um, as a whole? Have you got, so it's like a really weird question, saying have you got a problem with the way that they set up? Obviously, it doesn't really matter how you how we feel about it. You know, they set up and they got a point from the game, and that could be a crucial point for for them kind of battling kind of mid to, to lower table. But going to watch a game of football, would you like to see a bit more 
for them, or can you kind of understand where they're coming from? Yeah, I can understand because if well, if you were in, if you were David Martindale, you would probably thinking, well, we could I'd be happy with taking a draw from Celtic Park, so I'd mm. probably set up this the same way, just like putting everybody back, just the, just playing the defensive, but. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it's it can be quite boring. It's very boring to watch, and uh, so it's, yeah, it's like it to be maybe come at us a bit more, but it's never going to happen. So, what about you, David? You you think the same as as Matthew? There, you know, like to see a bit more for them, but you can kind of understand that that tactic. There's three certainties in life: like death, taxes, and Levy parking the bus, Ryan. Like that is what that team does. That's what that team's built to do. Um, and I get what Cal McGregor's saying because obviously it's frustrating. But what what do you expect? Uh, to me, the onus isn't on. Well, Levy should be coming and playing football at Celtic Park. The onus is the Celtic team should be creating more chances, doing more to get a goal. You know what I mean? You talk about it, two shots on target the entire game. That's all on Celtic. Fair play to Levy. Like you're saying, they are not on the level of Celtic. They don't have the funds of Celtic. They don't have the transfer budget of Celtic. They're not being expected to challenge for league titles like Celtic are. So I don't have any issue really with Levy when all is said and done. What I do have an issue with is Celtic not being able to break down Levy when they know exactly the game that Levy are going to come to Celtic Park and play. All good. So, yeah, like we say, nothing each. We, we're now sitting four points behind um, at the top of the table. Bit of work to do. Hopefully we can we can kind of crack on. One thing I just wanted to note, there was a um, an article that came out after the game. Apparently, Livingston have contacted Celtic to report um, racial abuse on Obelai from somebody in the Celtic crowd. Um, they may listen to this podcast, they may not. If it is you to listen to that, please do not come back. You know, there's yeah. no place for that whatsoever at Celtic Park. We don't condone it at all. You know, in a time that we're, we're showing racism, the red card, you know, taking these at the start of the game, there's absolutely no place for that whatsoever at Celtic yeah. Park. It's Nakamura. It's a So, boys, we move on then to, to Thursday. We are away in Hungary to Fenivaros. There's going to be no Celtic fans in the, the stadium. They confirmed that they're not accepting vaccine passports. Um, it's a tough Fenerbahce are a tough team you know they're, they're, they're no mugs you know we, we won 2-0 last time we played them at home um, which was a a good result a very good result for us to pick up because we've had our problems with them in the past you know they put us at the Champions League a couple of years ago they got to the groups that, that year you know they're a very very good outfit so getting that 2-0 victory for them um, against them sorry was, was decent for us David how you how are you looking at this game going ahead? Obviously, no Tom Rogic in this one. We've got no Starfelt anymore. He's out for a, yeah. a few weeks now. Um, so that's that kind of, I'm going to say spine. We've also got other players there, but you've a solid defender and a solid midfielder mm. out of your team. How are you, how are you feeling? Going that's a big game for us. I don't know how I'm feeling confidence-wise because I'm I'm never confident in Europe uh, these days with Celtic. I've had my heart broken too many times, but... This game is one of the most important of our season. Like, first way if we win it, that's conference football secured after Christmas. So at least some form of European football for us. But in spite of my fear, deep down, I still believe that we can get out of this group. We get a result here. If it's a draw in the other game again, like, all you need to do is get a result against Betis. You know what I mean? Going forward. So 
this to me is one of the most important games of our season up until this point. So I'm really just hoping we can try and pull the three points out of the bag here. But like you say, they're no mugs. That's a very, very hot take, thinking we can get out of this group. You know, I, I was, <laughs> I, I'm setting myself up for third, mate. I'm like, beat Ferenc Varos twice, we'll be fine, we'll get confidence. Well, you're going one one more, Matthew. Yeah. What are you thinking of that? You think we're going to get out of this group? Well, I think just the most realistic <laughs> is the conference league. Uh, definitely, I think we could, well, if we beat Ferenc Varos uh, on Thursday, which we probably should, but again, as you said, there are no mugs. Uh, we'll probably go. Is that, is that us through then to the Conference League or is it... Uh, I, I don't think it's confirmed. I mean, well, not officially confirmed. I mean, Fens Varos can go and beat Leverkusen yeah. and Betis twice and we can lose twice and they can beat us in yeah. goal difference yeah. or whatever. But that's You're saying happen. I have hot takes. You think Fens Varos are going to go back-to-back <laughs> victories against those two? <laughs> Absolutely not, mate. No way am I saying that. <laughs> but listen, I would, I would rule nothing out when it comes to Celtic in Europe. Like that, that would just be our luck. But no, I, I agree with you, Matthew. I think conference is the best bet for us. If we can get out of this group, David Campbell, I will buy you 10 rounds of pints, mate. All right, there you go. Tell me, I'm telling you, mate, a draw in that other game, a win against Betis, mate. We, we've got this in the bag, I'm telling you. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, Matthew, what are, you, what are you thinking going into this game? Do you think it'll be a relatively easy victory for us? Or do you think we'll need to work for it quite a bit? It will be tough, definitely. I think it, will, it won't be a high-scoring game anyway. I don't think it would be tough uh, over there. With the, I think it's quite a hostile crowd as well over there. Uh, so it'll be, it would definitely be uh, hard. But I think we should. I'm, I'm uh, quietly confident we'll get the job done. But uh, there's always, it's, again, as David said earlier as well, it's Celtic in Europe. Not, you can't really, nothing really to be confident about, but... <laughs> usual in it, usual for Celtic. Oh. John Hodgson lines up the shot! So just a couple of bits then, boys, for the, the news from Celtic this week. And it's, it's injury news, unfortunately. Um, the first one that we, we discussed earlier on, but we'll talk a bit more in detail about the, the impact, is Tom Rogic. She's been ruled out until after the international break in a few weeks' time. Um, David, we discussed that in the kind of game against Livingston, how much he was missed. How much are we going to miss Tom Rogic over the, the next few weeks? And what do you feel he brings to us? He's become the Owen Hargreaves of Celtic Football Club to an extent. <laughs> the man's had a lot of injuries over his time here, man. But like, we've talked about what we missed about him in the game uh, this week. Like He brings a direct approach. Like His stamina and fitness of, of come on tenfold under Ange. There was a point he couldn't last 60 minutes and now he's playing, you know, he's getting through games, which is an improvement for him. Um, I, I think we do miss him purely because we don't have another player like him who we can fill that role, fill that void right now. And I'm worried about that heading into the Europe game, uh, the European game rather, coming up on Thursday. So I, I hopefully he gets back sooner rather than later and he's ready to go because he is someone that we can't replace with the squad we've got right now. Matthew, we've seen what Rogic can bring to this this squad, particularly over the last few games. One that sticks in my mind most recently was the the goal, Kyogo's goal um, against Hibs, the work that he done for that, you know, skinning, I think he skinned the whole team before he played the ball through to Jota. You know, like, how how much are you going to miss that, seeing somebody like Rogic in the Celtic team going forward? Yeah, I think it's a massive ball, to be honest. I mean, he's, like, the past few seasons, he's not been 
He's old self, but I think under Angie's kind of starting to find his feet a bit again. He's start, starting to see like huge glimpses of what what it was a few seasons ago. So it's a uh, good size. So hopefully when he comes back, you know, hopefully he's not out for too long and uh, he can fit back right back in the team again because he does make such a huge difference. So I think we'll miss him. It's crazy to think that we were almost getting rid of Tom Rogic as well a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's criminal, David. Uh, it's night and day. Like t- to be fair, like there was a period where he wasn't performing, but under Lennon, that was every player <laughs> in the squad. You know what I mean? So it's hard and, to really and, get and Lennon as well, mate. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's hard to really get a parameter of someone's form under those conditions. You know what I mean? <laughs> but ever since Andrew's come in, it's been a it's been a, a breath of fresh air for the guy. And um, you clearly see that he's enjoying playing his football again. He has that confidence back. Like last season. He wouldn't have made that attempt to try and beat those guys. You know what I mean? And, and sl- the slip the ball through, you just wouldn't have seen it. So hoping he gets back, fit, ready to go, um, because he is a big loss to the team when he's not there. Just thought about that um, that clip face still game there. Good men, shake conditions. <laughs> Chance for the Canios, the flag stayed down, it's got to be, and it is! So thank you for listening to Celtic Daft. Remember to keep listening, and if you want to become a pundit, on Celtic Daft or Rangers Daft, if you want. I know some of them listen to this podcast. Uh, get signed up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash football daft. There's posts on there every single week looking for um, looking for punters to come on um, each of the shows. Gredo and Stephen will be back on the headline show this Friday. And in the meantime, like I say, you can continue to subscribe, rate and review on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. But until next time, David Campbell. Hey, well. And Matthew King. Hey, well.